Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Dead Idea of Ahala podcast. It's a nickel worth of nickels. It's five times five, a very pleasing number. It's a lot of episodes. It's the most episodes I've done of any anything I've done that was episodic. There weren't 25 dinocasts. There weren't 25 issues of Clambassador Comics, which was my zine I had back in the day. 25. So it's, it's, a, it's a milestone um, because of that. You know, if this were a comic book 15, 20 years ago, it would have a shiny, shimmery cover, and it would just, it would look like, you know, everything would be all glittery and shiny and glittery. And this is kind of the audio equivalent of that. Um, you know, maybe that was a little, hopefully that wasn't a little bit too loud there. Um, you know, but... Ah, we're in Glitterland. It's a, it's a glittery, shiny foil boss cover. If you order ten, if you download the podcast ten times, then you'll get one episode with that effect throughout the entire thing. And then people will pay extra money for it. That's a, that's some comic book inside baseball right there. Nobody nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I'm, I'm Gary Butterfield. This is my podcast. It's where podcasts hang out and do whatever. Just a, a variety type show. Uh, so yeah, so it's episode 25. I don't have anything particularly special planned. I, same thing that happened at the season finale. I wanted to have something big and crazy kind of planned for it. But, you know, the big thing I thought of, it's, it's of course Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to any fathers out there. I'm not one as far as I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I thought that it would be great if I had some kind of real soul-shattering story about my dad. Uh, for for today for Father's Day, you know, because we don't spend enough time looking at the dark side of uh, of our holidays. I really don't. I, I can't, you know, think of anything in addition to what whatever I talked about on the podcast about my dad. I'm sure there are other things, and then there's all the real like emotional stuff. Like if I wanted to actually unpack how how that felt and everything, but I I I don't. I celebrate Father's Day by you know it's doing whatever. Um, it's kind of nice. I take Father's Day off. My mom always wants me to call my stepdad and wish him happy Father's Day, but I just, you know, I kind of take this weird point of pride in, in not, you know, having Father's Day off as a thing. I don't have to go do anything. I, I had kind of a weird week, which I'll talk about in a minute. So I'm just now recording this on Sunday. I usually record it on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, so maybe I'll give my, my stepdad a call. I, you know, I went, we went through, uh, had this recent you know, the health problems that my, my mom had that I talked about a little bit. And it's kind of funny because my, my stepdad took this opportunity to start telling me that he loves me. And it just it's just very strange. It's not, you know, I I appreciate him a lot. But, you know, I met him when I was like, you know, 25 or 24. It's not like we were just both two men who met. You know, it wasn't, uh, he didn't raise me or anything like that. Anyway, so yeah, this, this week I had, you know, I was very busy at work. Uh, there's a busy time for us. I was often getting off work early because of these, you know, these events that were taking place at night. But because of that, I had less time to do things during the day. Um, so it was like just super kind of busy and stressful. And, uh, you know, at, on Friday when I got home, I was like, okay, I'm going to record the podcast, you know, and I, I went and I, I sat down to do it and I just wasn't not feeling inspired. Part of the problem with this show is that I need to have things to bounce off of, you know, and things to talk about. And I'm so fucking busy 
all the time with the show and with work and with school that I get understimulated sometimes and I just I literally just had nothing to say about anything and I was just feeling kind of depressed like I'm you know kind of given to depression I was just kind of feeling bad about how things were going you know I I want artistic success in life or even artistic success not just artistic or whatever whatever I said you know I want that I want you know the respect of of my peers and and you know I want I want all of those things and uh, and this is you know coming from somebody who has by many accounts a pretty decent life but I still you know I want more and uh, you know not having those things you know will sometimes every once in a while kind of drive me into in the, the the dumps I listen to this podcast called WTF every once in a while with Mark Maron um, which I don't I don't like it all the time I just kind of like it depending on the guests and I get a little sick of you know Mark Maron's neuroses every once in a while you know just him like asking the guests if they're good like he he spends a lot of time imagining that he had these feuds with people he didn't have feuds with which I don't do that but he he does there's one episode where he talks to Louis CK it's a really incredible episode and you know, there's a part where he says he considers all of his friends success a personal insult against himself and watching that episode was like or listening to that episode was was almost too much for me to handle like it just you know really really bummed me out and made me feel shitty about myself because uh, you know that's a largely true of me as well I um, you know I have a hard time being happy for, for other people sometimes and everything so so all these things kind of conspired to make me real bummed out I was like super depressed and I said okay I'm not gonna do the podcast I just need to obliviate you know which is just code for you know dumb entertainment like I'm gonna play video games or I'm gonna read comics or just something and and then I woke up on Saturday and uh, kind of felt the same I was, I was expecting to feel better and want to you know do things and I just didn't it sucked and then a couple weeks ago, um, some friends of ours had offered to get us tickets to the championship roller derby match here in Portland. Like it's a it's a big thing in Portland, and I, I was you know pretty much looking you know semi looking forward to it. But I have a lot of neuroses and craziness about my use like the use of time. So anything like that, like I you know I just I think of it as a time commitment first. And it, it's not, it's oftentimes not relaxing for me, like going out and doing things that are recreation for other people, uh, you know, is not relaxing for me. It just feels like a obligation. And, and once I get there, I'm fine, but the lead up to it, I'll get very anxious about it. And, uh, so I wasn't feeling 100% positive, but we went, I, we are really like these people who we went, who we went with. And, uh, let me tell you, you know, next time you are depressed or I guess next time I'm depressed I don't think this will necessarily apply to, to everyone but next time I'm depressed I need to go to to one of these things because um, holy fuck and like I don't I don't like sports I think sports are really boring you know if they're they go on for too long you know I think every sport should be like 15 minutes so then on TV it'll only last an hour because as it is now it's like sports matches are an hour and they're on TV all day you know, it's like a six-hour thing, and I just, I don't, I'm not interested in it. And I understand the rules. I understand that they're strategizing behind, like, you know, taking people out of the game when they're tired and putting in people who are fresher. Uh, but you know what? I like this sport. And, and, and it's, I'm not, I'm not a guy guy. Like, I don't, I'm never one of those guys just like, hey, look at that ass. You know, or, or man, I, if I had ten minutes alone with Re Rebecca Romaine Stamos, uh, I make her forget about Uncle Jesse. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not one of those guys. I uh, 
you know, I'm not outward in my attract attractedness to women or you know my sexuality or anything like that. Like I'm open about it. Like I'll talk about it. But it's not like a, a joke thing to me. I don't get into this like whole high five and other dudes about no Natalie Portman isn't it. You can get your bush, you know, all that shit. I'm I'm not like that. But this turned me into that guy for like three hours of just you know just like just staring at uh, you know chunky women in panties, you know essentially panties, sometimes mini skirts and. Uh, tights and it was it was incredible it's like the best sport that's ever been i can't even i can't imagine why there's another sport but like without this kind of like you know kind of skeevy eye candy element you know i i don't understand what what the point is and i i don't feel that bad about being skeevy about it that's part of the point you know that, that's intentional on behalf of the girls and behalf of the the league you know they play with it which is awesome you know i love that about you know the girls are just like you know, I love that there's these, these like, you know, just like, you know, super, super hot girls. Several, many of them not super hot in like a traditional way. Uh, just saying fuck it and looking amazing. And then just beating the crap out of each other. You know, it's like, it's not like, I mean, I, I enjoy violence in, in movies and media. Everything, like I won't pretend that I don't. But it's, it's I don't know. It's, it's such a confluence of awesome, awesome, awesome things. You know, and I, and it. At first, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm voting for the team with the highest BMI, you know? Or if you were to take a ruler and just that I want the highest square inch of exposed thigh, you know, and that's the team that I want to win. But then something kind of strange happened as I was watching, and I started kind of getting, like, understanding the rules and understanding, you know, which players were good at what and why certain moves were smart. And I was, you know, at some point, I just, it dawned on me, like, I'm, I'm appreciating a sport. Like, yes, there's this whole ogling aspect on top of it. And yes, there's a girl selling raffle tickets that roller skates every once in a while who has literally, like, like an ideal, like, has this, this weird platonic ideal, you know, Amazon super sexy body. But I'm also appreciating this as a sport. Weird, you know? And I had that feeling before, and it came only from watching people play competitive video games online. Which that's that's pretty that's an embarrassing statement. That's a shameful thing to say, but it's true. Um, people who freak out and you know like who are mad about competitive video games being shown on TV or, or something or feel like that's somehow super losery. You know the two things I would say to that is like one, you know you appreciate the same things about it. Watching it, you appreciate the strategy and, and teamwork, and you understand why plays are good and plays are bad and everything. And that's the same thing that you get out of sports. Uh, and two, baseball is super fucking dorky. Like, sports are pretty dorky. Like, they, everyone likes them, so it's cool. But, like, obsessiveness, like, the amount of, like, stat knowledge that's required, especially fantasy baseball and fantasy football, that's Dungeons & Dragons level dorkery right there. You know, that that is exactly the same amount of, like, or, like, magic cards. It's the same amount of commitment and memorization uh, of things like that that you are not involved in. You know, you, the average fantasy baseball player has as much relation to, you know, baseball as I do to the dragons of Mithranor or, or anything like that. Um, so, let, let, you know, putting aside that argument, um, super sexy roller derby girls. You know, and all, all the, uh, the roller derby girls have these, they have these hilarious names, which is awesome. They're all just like ridiculous puns. 
even though I have to take exception with one of them, uh, one of the girls who kept getting announced during the thing was called Twat Rocket. And, uh, you know, Twat's just not one of those words you hear all the time. But in addition, like, rhymes with Snot Rocket. You think about what a Snot Rocket is. And just, I just, like, I was like, ugh, that die. I did not like that image. You know, is she sick? Like, why, why, why do they call her Snot Rocket or Twat Rocket? You know, just like, hey, you know, Melinda's here. <laughs> but other than that, super fucking hot. The, uh, and it wasn't even, you know, to, to get super crass, it's not like my dick moved during this or anything. It was more, you know, as I get older, like when I was younger, I used to, to you know, I was a, a serial masturbator, as most boys were. And I'll talk about that more with Zach Rouse next time we do a, a segment of our are talking about our burgeoning relationship with women uh, thing. But now, as I get older, like I'll see somebody who's who's super attractive or some girl, and I don't have super standard taste in women. Like I like, you know, bigger women. And, uh, you know, a lot of really traditional, traditionally beautiful girls, I think are just really boring. Like I can't even, but not, you know, these days now, if I see somebody, it's almost like a pain. It's like this ache. And it's like, oh. Like I kept walking and things like, Oh, ah, you know, a constant feeling of this, oh, ah, you know, in non, non bonerific ways, no, no spongy tissue was engorged with blood. It was just, you know, a, oh my God, ah, you know, which I think is what most guys through my whole life when I've been watching guys, you know, look at a, you know, go into a bar with my dad here, a little tight on Father's Day, go into a bar with my dad. And look at a poster, and it's some supermodel washing a car, and like I don't, I don't even see it. Like I don't even notice it. And they'd just be like, "Check, you know, I'd like to hit a piece of that. I let her wash my car, comma dick." And uh, I don't think these these guys are actually getting erections during this. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm fucking like an alien AI uh, talking about human sexuality. Like, do men get erections when they talk about this stuff? I don't think these guys are actually getting hard about this. It's just that pang. And this was, you know, I get that now, now that I'm older. I didn't used to get it. It was, I, I skipped all the steps. It's like I went from, you know, I would see something I thought attractive when I was young and just like, oh my God, I gotta masturbate and go, you know, find some, some secluded corner of the woods or something to just, to seed. And then now it's like, it has nothing to do with sex. It's just kind of this like weird onset of appreciation that's really intense. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, and my wife is, is mostly fine with this. This is all due respect to my beautiful wife. I think my wife's, you know, crazy hot, you know. But the, you married couples oftentimes have this kind of exception list where, you know, um, guys would be like, well, if I ever had the opportunity to screw Natalie Portman, you got to let me, you know. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't touch Natalie Portman with a 10-foot pole. You know, I, I, can't, I don't even, like I said, I don't even notice women who, who look like that. And, uh... You know, my wife has, you know, a couple of people she said that about. And, like, they're always, like, huge kind of homely dorks, which is awesome. It's all, like, Eric Wareheim and stuff. Which would be weird because he's, you know, somebody who's one of my heroes. And, you know, I think he's really crazily talented. So I'd mostly, you know, she would have sex with Eric Wareheim. And, it would, you know, she'd be like, you said it was okay. And I'd be like, well, yeah, he's funnier than I am. You know, is, is which, of course, he is. I know that. But I was thinking, like, okay, so I I don't really have an uh, exception list, people. But this would be a good opportunity for that because 
I, my mind is consistently being blown by some of these, you know, amazingly gorgeous, you know, hilarious, tough women. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking that having just like saying, okay, well, one member of this league, you know, or any member of this league, and that's, that's really cheating because these are just girls who just live here in town. You know, that's way too possible. And kind of the point of those exception lists are that they're impossible. So you don't, uh, don't end up actually cheating on your spouse if you're in a monogamous relationship. But I did manage to bargain Crystal to the team. Like if any of the teams decided en masse that they were just kind of like, all right, you know, there's 15 of us and we're going to do it with this guy. We're going we're gonna to find, you know, this, this, this chubby bearded guy and just, you know, crush his pelvis bones into like a mist like a dusty paste, you know, with our, our powerful, exposed, miracle thighs, uh, then that's okay. So, I don't, you know, I doubt that I do not have a wide listenership. I doubt that any uh, teams of older big girls listen to this, but that's an option. You know, don't, uh, don't feel any pressure or anything, but it's an option. If you wanted to kill me uh, through, you know, just literally, man, just, you know, like a like a prison movie. Secret lab underwater. Neptune is my long lost daughter. Spilling ink on my nose. Life is bad and ruined. Hatching holes and bailing water. Duct tape cocking gun and solder. Pressure gauge gauge pressure. Tell me when the panic all sounds. I just beep 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 beep. With my fingers and my ears and sick. La di da di da da. Computer shut off. All alarms close the access hatch and motherfucker count farms now. What's the point of it? What's the point of it? Die having done my bit as the cracks grow wider and wider As the tidal wave hits the super For the, the second half of the podcast, I'm going to bring back an old friend. Some of you will have recognized that music. It is, of course, the theme song to the Butterfield family Dino Bite. This is the first uh, spinoff podcast I did. started with the Dino Cast, doing, then started the Dino Bite, because I wanted to do something short and something I could do by myself, which was kind of the impetus behind the idea of a holla, and then eventually it became not short and something I can only sometimes do by myself, or most of the time, really, but I can't always do by myself, and something that's not easy to edit. So this, you know, that was the idea behind the Dino Bite. The Dino Bite, if you go on the, the website on theideaofahala.com, you can find it there in the other podcast link. And it was a short kind of deconstruction of a racist or sexist or homophobic joke. Kind of what was wrong with it. I wanted to bring it back for a while, but I wasn't sure exactly how to do it. You know, I never really felt comfortable reading the jokes because they are, uh, you know, they're terrible. You know, they're super offensive and gross. Um, so this time I got a friend to do it for me. And everybody's heard of Gallagher. And everybody knows who Gallagher is. He's a crazy right-wing old man who uh, occasionally smashes watermelon. 
watermelons, and he makes jokes about like, you know, how come comb and tomb don't rhyme? They spell the same. You know, he, he makes those kind of jokes. Fewer people know about Gallagher 2. Gallagher 2 is Gallagher's brother, who would dress the same. Like, let's say you're a comedy club and you can't quite afford the white lightning in a bottle that is Gallagher 1. You could book Gallagher 2. And it was still a guy named Gallagher. <laughs> so it's not false advertising. You're still booking Gallagher. But it's Gallagher 2. And he did the same act. And he looked like Gallagher. But he wasn't Gallagher. Fewer people, even still, know about Gallagher 3. Um, it's another brother of Gallagher's. He's even cheaper. He's so cheap that on my podcast where I make no money, I have no sponsors, um, I can afford Gallagher 3. So I have Gallagher 3 to, to kind of do, you know, read some jokes that are really up his alley. Um, so welcome to the studio, Gallagher 3. Well, hi! Uh, hello, hello yourself. Um, so yeah, let's start out, let's start out with the, the gay revenge joke. You tell me the joke, and then I will say, uh, kind of deconstruct it, and what's wrong with it, in classic Dinobite fashion. Well, a man came home just in time to find his lover in bed with another man. In total rage, he dragged his lover down the stairs, the garage, and put his penis in a vice. Uh, he then secured it tightly and removed the handle. Next, he picked up a hacksaw. The lover was terrified, and he screamed, Stop! Stop! You're not going to cut it off, are you? Thinking about his penis. And uh, the man, with a gleam of revenge in his eye, he says, uh, Nope, you are. I'm going to set my garage on fire. Oh, okay. Okay, Gallagher 3. Um, so what's wrong with that joke? Uh, first of all, you know, if the idea is, you know, that's uh, like a gay joke. If the idea is that's supposed to be offensive to gay people, that's a pretty gender-neutral joke. Anybody who's having sex with uh, a man with a penis, or really any creature with a penis... Or even like some kind of animate statue, or uh, you know any anything with a penis. That joke. So there's no reason why that couldn't be a woman doing that. It doesn't really. The joke doesn't say anything about uh, gay people or anything negative. So it's it's offensive only in that you know if you think that. I mean I guess that's not offensive at all. Um, what's wrong with it? You know the first part of it I can get on board with. I think it's understandable. You know you come home you find your lover in a in bed with somebody else, uh, you know, you can be in a rage, um, drag them downstairs. They never say what happened to the lover, which is kind of weird. Um, you know, the, his, his lover's lover. Um, I guess making this joke a gay joke makes it a lot more difficult because they, the pronouns, uh, it makes it a little bit harder to talk about, but they never say what happens to the guy that the, the lover was cheating with. So apparently he's not going to rescue his, his friend, I mean, he's probably scrambling to put on his pants and dive out the window if movies have taught me anything about when you catch someone cheating. I've never uh, caught anyone cheating, knock on wood, or been caught cheating. Uh, so I don't really know what happens in that situation. So he, you know, he takes him downstairs, drags him downstairs, and puts his dick into a vice in his garage. I can see several problems with that. One, it seems like that would be a difficult thing to do against somebody's will. Uh, you'd have to have them lined up all perfectly. I mean, I guess, like, vices do tend to be on the edge of a corner, right at dick height. I know that's a coincidence, but, you know, vices are at dick height for some reason. And I guess, you know, you'd have to put it in there, and then if you close a vice, it doesn't close quick. Like, you have to use one hand to hold the dick in, close the vice as quick as you can. Um, that seems a little bit unlikely to me as well. 
the you know and then once you, you got it it had to be squeezed enough to actually hold the dick in place without actually just smashing it into you know ragu and that seems difficult and the man would probably put up some kind of resistance unless he was in some kind of like gay post-orgasmic super bliss that straight people don't know about and if that's the case I don't know about it um, where you become helpless against vices and being dragged downstairs and stuff um, if he's literally dragged down the stairs, that makes it a whole lot darker. And it, it gets even darker here in a moment. Um, so he puts his dick in a vice. Overreaction. Um, you know, they, sh they should probably talk about it. Uh, it's definitely, I guess that's the one way that this is sort of a uh, a gay joke. In that it has to be kind of a man. So it has to be a man who has the dick so he can get caught in the vice. And it has to be a man perpetrating the, the revenge. Uh, because... You know, a, a woman who they can get really angry. There's the whole, you know, Jay Leno standby from 1992, you know, Lorena Bobbitt thing. But in general, I think it's a fair generalization that women tend to be more in control of their emotions and less violent. Um, except for those sexy, sexy derby girls. So he puts it into the vice. And the lover at this point screams, you know, stop. Like he's on board, you know, so far, like... You know, just take, drag me down the stairs, put my dick in a vice, slowly crank it shut. And he says, you know, you're, you're not going to cut it off, are you? And then the man, he has his revenge. And he's like, no, you are. I'm going to set the garage on fire. And presumably hands on the hacksaw. Now, <laughs> there's a lot of things, a lot of things wrong with that. First of all, um, oh, I guess we'll go the obvious, obvious way, obvious uh, reason, is that he's setting his own garage on fire. Um, to get revenge, which I guess it's, maybe it's possible to, to set a garage on fire without setting your house on fire. He's willing to give up everything to force this man into this uh, terrible, you know, Scylla and Charybdis type little physical conundrum. Um, so he's willing to set his house on fire, which I guess just ties into the second part that's wrong with that is that, boy, you know, you, you think about scale. You know, that's the whole thing with, you know, there's, a, there's a term for it when you're a cop. You, uh, you can respond with a level of force like it's it's you have to scale with the the perp so if if he pulls a knife you can pull a gun if he pulls his fist you can pull a club it's like you can stay one step above but if they threaten to punch you you can't pull your gun on them it's something like that i don't know the the specifics of it um so this guy cheated and the protagonist i guess of the joke the here our hero uh decides to construct this Coen Brothers-esque torture fantasy <laughs> um, to force this man into cutting off his own uh, vice penis. Um, that just seems, that does not seem very realistic to me. Also weird in this joke, and you know, and I, a lot of times I found this to be true in other past Dinobites is that they're, you know, they're purported to be super offensive and uh, turn out not to be that offensive under deconstruction. Um, the, the, that guy, if, if you are an idiot and you're a violent moron and you're reading this joke, you, uh, you pretty much think of that guy as kind of the hero, you know, it's like, yeah, he, he got that motherfucker. You know, I just imagine, like, did you think that Gallagher three, like, did you think, were you on this guy's side? You betcha. I mean, I don't go in for that gay shit, but, uh, you know, if I did, I'd say this guy got a little bit of what for. Yeah. See, uh, you know, the, uh, if you're, if you're a you know, a, a drooling idiot. 
you you think that, that this guy is kind of the hero, and uh, you know. So why it does what does this say about anything? What does this say about gayness or anything? I guess if anything, it's a powerful message about fidelity, but it's not even implying that like gay people don't care about fidelity or anything like that. You know, everybody cheats. If anything, this is kind of like a you know this this joke. These kind of jokes where the sexuality of the protagonist and antagonist don't matter. These are the kind of things that are going to bring us into the new age of acceptance. So, uh, you know, people over at thejokeyard.com, terrible, shitty website, rated this joke a 5 out of 10 and gave it the rude connotation. Um, keep, keep on keeping on. You guys are, are doing the work of, of angels. So, yeah, for the next couple episodes, um, we're going to bring in back some Dinobite action in the back half with my friend Gallagher 3. Um, are you fine with that, Gallagher? Are you going to come back? Who, who, where's, where's Gallagher? All right. God damn it. Are you, are you fine with that Gallagher 3? I'm contractually obligated to respond only to Gallagher 3. Oh, okay. That sounds good to me. Um, so, and I understand that at the end of every episode, you're going to share with us a few of your favorite, uh, euphemisms for farts. Um, that's a thing that is ran in the Gallagher name or the, you know, the Gall- Gallagher clan, um, you know, forever. All of you Gallagher boys are just famous for your fart euphemisms. So at the end of every episode, you're going to share with us four euphemisms for farts. Well, that's right. Are you ready for the Gallagher fart down? Is that a fart down like a countdown? You're still counting. All right. Fart number one. You ever walk into a room and unleash the mud duck? Oh, uh, that is fucking ghastly, Gallagher 3. <laughs> and then, uh... Sometimes you walk in and you go, excuse me, I just had a trouser cough. Oh, so it's like a cough that's in, in your trousers. Okay. You ever uh, walk into a fancy estate dinner and then uh, unleash the turd tootie? I, I have not done that. And have you ever uh, gone through a, uh, a drive through and when they ask if you want extra cheese, you exercise the meat nozzle? <laughs> ugh, ugh. Meat nozzle? That's fucking disgusting. Gallagher 3, that's like a... Reminds me of like a sausage grinder kind of thing, except... Oh, that's... Well, we'll see you next time when I continue the Gallagher family fart down.